Welcome to the Canadian SME Podcast, a podcast for Canadian small businesses. We interview Canadian experts and entrepreneurs to provide expert insight into marketing, innovation, business leadership, technology, and trends that impact small business. Our mission is to empower Canadian small and medium enterprise to help you grow your business. Trying to find an IT company that has your best interest in mind isn't that hard to find. On today's episode of the Small Business Podcast, I had the opportunity to sit down with the founder and CEO of Rivax, Chad Whitaker. We talked all about what it takes to overcome the obstacles as a business owner of an IT company, IT myths, and dreams just outside of the business world. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Katerina Yasparo, for the Small Business Podcast here at Canadian SME. Our special guest today is none other than the founder and CEO of Rivax, Chad Whitaker. Chad, on behalf of Canadian SME, we want to welcome you to the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me here. Of course, of course. Now, Chad, I know you are a technology leader who has 20 years of expertise under his belt, which congratulations, by the way, um, because that's unbelievable. But share your journey with IT with us. Like, let's go back. Let's rewind. Um, How did you get from point A to point B in your life? Okay. I'll I'll start out from the beginning. I mean, it's a long story, 20 years. Um, So basically, I've always loved computers, messing with computers. And I went to, uh, I decided to go to um, CompSci at McMaster. So I decided to do computers in university. I enjoyed it. Uh, I kind of graduated at the perfect time. So I came out really lucky. Uh, in 97, basically it was right before Y2K. And basically at that time, I don't know if all you guys know about this, this is going way back, uh, aging myself, but in before 2000, everyone thought that when the computers ticked over to 2000, cause all the computers had like two digit numbers for the year. So everyone thought when the computers went to zero, zero, instead of like 99, that all the computers would crash and people thought that airplanes would fall out the sky and stuff like that. So there was a huge rush for IT services at that time. So I came out of school and I had many jobs thrown at me. And I, I took a job working at Bell doing um, uh, desk side support. And I did a couple other um, IT teaching jobs at the same time. And then from there, I quickly moved up into a role as an IT manager for a company called APV. They did um, food and beverage processing. I had like a national role there, and that was like my first big national role. And then I moved on to uh, IBM doing strategic outsourcing because I wanted to be at a, a bigger company. I thought, you know, the enterprise way was the way to go. I learned a lot of stuff there, working for a lot of their um, large clients as a technology account manager. And then I'm saying and then a lot. And then I went on to work as a as an IT consultant for Scalar Decisions. And there I specialized in VMware and I did a lot of architecture deployments. And um, in my tail end of my uh, role there, I deployed a, a mobile wallet solution for one of the big five banks. It was actually the, the first mobile wallet solution. This is when mobile wallets were just coming in. The paying with your phone was just a thing. So I built out that environment and... Um, and I just completed that and I got offered a role because of that. I got offered a role as a chief information officer for a company, Dream Payments, as they were going into the mobile payment solution and they wanted someone with experience in that field. And there wasn't that many people with experience at that time. So I had worked for uh, 
as a chief information officer for Dream Payments. And that's where my career really started to take off. And I built out their whole mobile payment portal. And I got really deep in the banking sector there and banking audits and PCI. And then I realized at that point, um, that company had kind of scaled up and it actually scaled down. And I realized at that point, it was I was in the position where it probably made more sense to start my own business. So that was uh, the point when I started my own business. That was back in 2017. And that's when I started Rybex. And that's where I am today. So that's kind of the quick synopsis of the last 20, 20 years. But yeah. So it's safe to say that you've been everywhere. You've done everything that comes to tech and all that stuff. And um, well, first of all, thank you for taking us through your journey. Um, for me, it's always inspiring to hear how leaders kind of get their kickstart. Mm-hmm. And um, so with that understanding and with your background in IT, I'd be interested to know what are some common myths about IT that you can address for us? So I think the common myths about my industry, because I'm particularly in the managed services, um, we're providing outsourced managed services for companies. And we're especially focused on the SMBs. I think uh, like one of the common myths is that you know it's expensive and it's going to be long contracts. So I think people are scared away by that when honestly, we're just providing essentially segmented um, sections of employees. So rather than you having, you know, if you're a small company, rather than having like one in-house IT, which I find a lot of, you know, SMB companies, you know, you have like 50 people, you have like one in-house IT who runs around and does everything, who's kind of knows a little bit about everything, but doesn't know a lot about anything and not against that person, but just it's hard to know everything. IT is just so big, right? So rather than having, you know, a single person run around and do that, if you outsource to a company like myself, Rivax, what we provide is, is we're providing a section of or a segment of a lot of people, a lot of different employees' time who have all of the different skill sets rather than you having one guy who just has you know a little bit of knowledge in each uh, aspect of IT will provide you with a whole group of employees who can help support you for a portion of the time, but it doesn't end up costing you anymore in the end. You know, when you look at the cost of a regular employee, you're just taking that cost and dividing it amongst a bunch of other employees. And and that's the advantage that we provide. And we provide that for multiple companies and that enables us to uh, provide the services we do at the level we do. It's always good to be able to balance out the work that way, you know, everybody is getting supported and the customers are also getting supported. On that note, the other myth is that you get locked into long contracts and we don't really lock our con- customers into any contracts. Like we basically onboard them and our idea is to be a partner and work with you and scale with you. We really don't lock you into contracts. There's no one year or two year contract. We know it's it's a pretty big process to onboard us. So we're not we're not concerned about locking you into a contract. We just want to provide the best services we can. For sure. For sure. And that's, you know, that's at the end of the day, that's every business's big thing. Like they want to be able to provide the best service, the best customer service. That way, you know, customers come back, they're happy and they're satisfied. Now, with that being said, how would a business determine if partnering with a managed services provider is right um, for them, like the right decision? And what are some methods um, that businesses can maximize when it comes to the benefits of IT? Um, so that's, that's a good question. So I think, uh, so 
our focus is kind of like the SMPs um, when, as far as managed service providers. So though, although we provide, we have clients from like 10 employees to like 10,000 employees, like massive companies that we work on projects for, our focus is probably in the range of like 10 to 500 employees. And the concept, which I lightly touched on earlier is that, you know, at that size, you can't really do in-house IT properly. And I'll, I'll explain. So essentially to build a complete IT department, you really need about seven to 10 employees. You need a help desk employee, a desk site employee, a network support employee, a server and cloud employee, an application support employee, a security administrator, because in this day and age, you have to have security um, with all the security attacks going on. And then you need an IT manager or director who manages that team. And then you need someone who's like a chief information officer and a chief information security officer at the highest level. So that being said, like those 10 employees that encompass most, um, you know, an enterprise IT team, a small SMB could never support having, you know, 10 employees of those kind of skill sets. So the idea is that we and uh, we provide all of those skill sets to you and allow you to operate your business like you're an enterprise. So like the t- same type of support and advice and architecture decisions that are being made for enterprise companies, you as an SMB can do the same thing because you're getting advised by the same level of um of skill sets from our employees. So we have employees that that handle all of those different roles within our company and essentially we'll carve them out as for as much or little time they need to based on the size of your organization. And the idea is that we kind of charge um, a fixed rate per employee. So we, as your company grows, we grow. And, you know, if your company shrinks, I mean, if that's the decision you make, then our costs will go down too. So we're not looking to lock you into a fixed cost that, you know, doesn't change. So there's no fear, right, going into it. Um, you, you, We just want to partner with you and help your company grow along the way. Um, so that's kind of why I believe it. if you're sub smaller than like 500 employees or so, it probably the managed services is the right decision for you to make um, so that you can take advantages of all those types of skills. That's really interesting, you know, to hear to, and it's really comforting when it comes to the enterprises, because, you know, like you said, you don't want them to feel like they're at like a fixed rate, you know, like if their business doesn't grow, like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to pay so much money. Well, it's like, no, like if your business doesn't grow, that's fine. Like we'll decrease our costs. Like you did mention. And I feel like that for business owners is just very comforting to hear because, you know, if they're not making that revenue, you know, we're going to be thinking, you know, does that mean that, you know, my, my job here is going to be, I'm going to be paying more money. Well, it's like, no, now they have that in their head being like, okay, like I don't have to worry, you know, they'll help me rather than kind of like play against me. Right. And, um, you know, those are kind of obstacles when it comes to being a business owner. So, you know, what obstacles did you have to overcome as a business owner and how did you get through them? Um, so I think, honestly, I had in my mind starting a, my own business for a long time. I think, honestly, the biggest obstacle for me just getting into it was like kind of fear, like the fear of like failing, the fear of not having a steady paycheck, just the fear of going out there on your own, you know, taking on these expenses and not having any way to pay like an office and employees and stuff like that. And then the fear of, you know, everyone's relying on you because now, you know, I have to pay employees and make sure they can provide for their families and whatnot. So I think that was the biggest fear. But once I got over that 
fear. I'd say the biggest um, obstacle was probably getting my first client, which is probably every business owner's first biggest obstacle is just get that first client, right? And I think, but once I got that first client and I realized that like all the connections that I had made over the years would and uh, would enable me to get the clients because I think I thought that hey you know I'm gonna hold up a sign and say hey I do IT and have people come to me but in reality most clients you get by relationships um, so a lot of times when you first start out it's by relationships so essentially once I got that first client based on my previous um, contacts and relationships and I realized that so many of my contacts and and previous IT relationships needed IT support then I was kind of like off to the races and it just scaled up from there. It's honestly, I can relate. Starting a business is very like intricate. It's very, very hard. And there's a lot of like ups and downs when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so just hearing your story and, you know, the things that you've overcome and the obstacles that you never let, you know, scare you. Um, when starting a new business and because Rivax is so big and so popular, um, what kind of sets Rivax from other businesses? And can you explain why companies should choose you over another company? Yeah, I can. So, I mean, what sets us apart is, I mean, is our like 20 plus years. I mean, um, so basically at the top level, um, myself and uh, the chief um, information security officer, we both have 20 plus years in IT. So that kind of covers everything in IT. I kind of cover all the IT infrastructure and my partner kind of covers all the IT security. So we've kind of seen everything and we've been through so many enterprises that we kind of know the decisions, the right decisions to make and the right architectures to put in to help you get ahead of, of you know, the future direction of IT or the future direction of, of security or, or attacks that are coming out. And so I think that's what sets us apart a lot. And the, the big differentiator is we don't come into this to be like a service provider. Um, we want to be your partner. So like I mentioned earlier, we want to partner with you. And our sole goal isn't just to provide IT services. It's really to help you with like business automation and implementing the IT tools to grow your business. So not only will we be like, oh, break, fix, this person's laptop's not working or this application needs to be set up. We're really going to understand your business and understand. And because we're in we've been in IT so long, we'll be able to suggest and implement tools that will help your business grow and reduce your cost. And sometimes, I mean, because generally with IT tools, you want to reduce costs and increase automation, right? So um, that's the big differentiator uh, that makes us different, that we want to be your partner, not just service provider. Well, it sounds like Rivax is a jack of all trades when it comes to IT. Um, Chad, this is wonderful. Before we wrap up, my last question for you, it's kind of a fun one. Mm -hmm. If you weren't working in IT, what would you be doing and what do you enjoy doing outside of IT? If I wasn't IT, I think I would be, I mean, I really enjoy finance and I've kind of tied that in doing a lot of banking. we We work with a lot of banks. So I, I think I'd be in banking as maybe a financial advisor or a stock trader or something like that. I enjoy, you know, trading stocks and, and the finance side of it. And when I'm not working, which I work a lot, and everyone knows when you have your own business, you work a lot of hours. Uh, I enjoy playing basketball in, this, in the winter and I enjoy golfing a lot in the summer. So that's probably 
where, where you find me if I'm not working. Like if you're not, if I'm not working, you'll find me at a court or you'll find me on the field. Exactly. One of the two. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the two places. Well, Chad, thank you so much for taking the time and sit with us. It was a pleasure having you talk about all things IT and, you know, when it comes to like the business, do you have any last final thoughts, words that you want to kind of leave with our audience today? Um, just, you know, I mean, if you, you guys are interested, if you have a small medium business and you're interested in having a conversation, we're open to having conversations about you and don't be scared to outsource your IT or work with a managed service provider, because um, honestly, we have your best interest in mind and we're just trying to help you grow your business. And it's a lot easier for us to do it um, outsourced than it is for you to do it uh, inside when you're a small company. So that. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Chad, for being with here again with us today. It was really wonderful having the chance to talk to you. And ladies and gentlemen, I am your host once again, Katerina Esparo from the Canadian SME Small Business Podcast. And we will see you next time. Okay. Bye. Thank you. It was so much fun talking with Chad and getting the inside scoop on his life and business IT and how business IT is beneficial for you. We would like to thank our exclusive banking partner, RBC, and exclusive shipping partner, UPS, as well as our exclusive account software partner, Zero Canada, for supporting this initiative. Please do share the podcast and feel free to check out the other episodes. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our magazine and stay up to date on all upcoming events and get the top business insights from our industry leaders. This is Katerina, your host for the Small Business Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Canadian SME Podcast. Please visit canadiansme.ca to subscribe and join us next week as we share more expert advice from Canadian business leaders. Music